You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone, this is Angie from All Creatures Podcast. Today I'll be hosting another special episode of All Creatures Podcast, just for kids and made by kids. Today we're featuring some awesome animals. One lives on the island of Madagascar, which is the only place on earth that it's found, and it makes a lot of loud vocalizations when it's in the trees. The second animal is a mammal that has several features of birds and reptiles, but it is indeed a mammal. And so it's one of the wackiest but coolest mammals that lives down under in Australia. But before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much to you all listening today. You're doing your part as animal conservation heroes just by listening Learning, loving, and sharing information about these creatures is an important step to conserving them. So you are all considered conservation heroes in my book. And today is a very exciting podcast because I'm talking to two really special kid experts from my hometown area of Southwest Michigan. And both of my guests today take their love and passion for animals and put it into action. Yes, even though they're young in age, they're practicing really amazing ways to help animals. They have inspired me and I hope that they inspire you today. And so my first guest is Logan from Portage, Michigan, and he reached out to us on All Creatures Podcast to share with us this really cool animated video that he made all by himself with some of my favorite animals, Chris, the other podcast host, his favorite animals. And it was just so wonderful and inspiring to see Logan's talent and artistic and technological abilities being put to use to share his knowledge and passion for wildlife. It really impressed Chris and I, so we just had to ask him to be on the podcast. And luckily, Logan agreed, and so he'll be talking today about the crown lemur, which is also an animal that he featured on this really cool video. And now my second guest expert today is Margaret. 
And Margaret lives in St. Joe, Michigan, and she is going to be talking about the peculiar, yet super adorable, platypus. Yay, we love platypus on this podcast. And now Margaret is a very special girl. She helps out all sorts of wildlife in her backyard. She really is an animal saver and an animal whisperer, and she'll be telling us lots of really cool things today. So please stick around. We're going to have a lot of fun today, so let's get this All Creatures Kid podcast party from Southwest Michigan started. And now I'm so excited to have my first guest today. This is Logan, and Logan reached out to us um, about a week or so ago to share with us this amazing animation that he did about All Creatures Podcast. And it was just perfect. It had rhinos and an elephant for Chris and, of course, crown lemurs. And it was just very creative. And he expressed to us that he just wanted to thank us and he loved our podcast. And it just made me so happy that we inspired him to do this. And then I was... I reached back out to him saying, Logan, please, please come on the podcast and share your love of animals with our listeners. And so we've, we are so excited to have him here today because he will get you excited not only about the crown lemur, which we're going to talk all about. Lemurs are just such a cool species. But hopefully he'll also get you excited about all the different things that you, regardless of your age or where you live, of what you can do for animal conservation. It doesn't always have to be just um, going out into the field and studying them or being a zookeeper or recycling. Those are all great things you could do in your life or your career, but you can also use art as a medium to help inspire people and help educate people. And so... Logan, welcome to All Creatures Podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, can you tell our listeners how old you are? I'm 11. Awesome. And uh, Logan is also from Michigan, which I mentioned in the intro. But when I was talking to Logan before we started uh, recording the podcast, I found out that he lives probably about 30 minutes away from where I grew up in beautiful Southwest Michigan. So I have to ask Logan, how is the weather there today in beautiful Southwest Michigan? It's it's okay. It's not spectacular, but it's not terrible either. Okay, good. And you're getting some hints of like spring and summertime around the corner? Yes, and I cannot wait for like <laughs> spring and summertime to get into their full swing because Michigan I, weather never makes sense. I know. Oh my gosh. It goes, it's, it, it can be, it can be interesting up there. I definitely remember that, but boy, once summertime hits, it's probably one of the most prettiest places to be on earth, except for maybe Madagascar, right? Yes. I've never been, but in my, I believe it's probably very beautiful there. So but before we dive into the crown lemur, I just want to ask about your animation skills. If you can maybe tell our listeners about the program that you used and just a little clip of why you love to mix art and animals together in conservation. I use this really um, this really unused software called Rough Animator. It's really good. And uh, the reason I started with 
the idea of drawing, of using art and conservation together is because I thought one day, I like art and I like animals. How can I combine them? I then, love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I got the idea of animation. I love it. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is taking your love for animals and your love for art. I mean, honestly, one of the main reasons Chris and I started the podcast is because I love animals and I really love to talk. <laughs> so it's a good medium, right? And I think it's really inspiring to take your passion for animals uh, and use it in several different media to get people excited. So thank you for doing that for us. And uh, is the software pretty easy to use for somebody like myself that maybe doesn't have much animation skills? Yes. Uh, before I started using Rough Animator, I barely had any animation skills myself. It took me like maybe an hour or so to figure out. Okay, cool. Well, good. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll put some links on our show notes and um, maybe you'd even be willing to share the video on our show notes so that other people can see it and be inspired. Yes, definitely. My favorite was your drawing of Chris and I in our animal t-shirts. <laughs> that was awesome. So I would love to share that with our listeners. So thank you for that and thank you for reaching out. And the species you selected today is the crown lemur. So do you want to give a description of what they look like for our listeners? Yeah, I would love to. So they're actually very different between the boys and the girls. Uh, I'll start with the girls because they're a bit easier to describe. Uh, they are gray with some orange on their back with a white belly and white ears and white around their eyes, nose, and face area and a, uh, an orange ring an orange donut hole thing, not the hole, but like the donut shape itself around their head. Yeah, they really, they get their name from that crazy, cool half donut or crown piece, which is just super impressive. And what I also think is fascinating about lemurs and, and especially crown lemurs is the males and females look different, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're actually the second most uh they're actually the second most sexually dimorphic lemur species besides the blue-eyed black lemur. Yeah, and for some of our listeners out there, can you explain what sexually dimorphic means? It means that the 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 boys and the girls look different. Yeah, like totally different, different colors sometimes, different sizes and and so basically, yeah, the crown on this species is different. Their coat pattern's different. But I will tell you what's the same about both of them. I think they might be one of the most adorable animals I have ever seen. I can agree but, with that 100%. Uh, yeah, that face is just, uh, oh my goodness. And now I know we touched on it, but for our listeners out there, where do the crown lemurs live? Uh, they live in Madagascar, specifically the most northern part called Cape de Ambre. And, and they live in this amazing place, um, uh, specifically in the deciduous forest in the middle of it, like in a, kind of an oasis area in the, in the Singy, which mm -hmm. used to be coral reefs underwater and now are towering limestone mountain like things. Awesome. It sounds beautiful. And with their habitat in northern Madagascar, 
you mentioned is do they like live in the trees? Do they live on the ground? Where can we find them hanging out? Uh, they mostly live on the trees, but they actually have some really good rock climbing abilities too. Awesome. That sounds like fun. And when they're hanging out in the trees or rock climbing, uh, what does the crown lemur eat? The crown lemur mostly eats fruit. It is what I found out is called a frugivore, which mm. means which means for the audience listening, it means that they primarily eat fruit. Yes, I love that. What is your favorite fruit? Uh, I'd have to say apples. Okay. Yes, I love apples. Uh, for me, it's blueberries, especially. Uh, do you like blueberries? Yeah, I really like blueberries. Awesome, because Southwest Michigan is one of the blueberry capitals in the world. So <laughs> I got to give my uh, my uh, pitch for Michigan blueberries. They're going to be in season here pretty soon, and they are literally the best blueberry there is for sure. Uh, so, But I'm a big fan of apples as well. And now with lemurs, can you tell me a little bit about what you learned as far as the, their family groups or their social behavior? Yes, I can. One of the things I found out is that they have a generally a group of 15. Mm-hmm. And also they have they groom each other with this really cool thing that they have that all lemurs have, but it's very notable in them. A dental comb. Yeah. They spend a lot of time helping take care of each other and doing uh, a grooming behavior to help pick off dead skin cells or, of course, bugs and things like that. And the family members just really enjoy helping take care of each other. And it's a super cute behavior that you'll often see them do if you get to visit uh, any zoo around you. So very cool. And uh, now, what else did you learn when you were studying about crown lemurs? I learned something really interesting. This is kind of a fun fact, but scientists used to think that they were a subspecies of the mongoose lemur. Wow, the mongoose lemur sounds pretty cute too. But so they've now found that they're their own species. Yep, they're two different lemur species. And now, Logan, in regards to crown lemur conservation, do we know how many there are or are they endangered or threatened? Did you find any information out about that? Yes, I did. Uh, the IUCN, I don't know when they published it, so it might be a bit inaccurate. Uh, said there were maybe about 10,000 left. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's not very many. They're classified as endangered, which is sad. Yeah, that is sad. Because do lemurs live anywhere else in the world? Uh, not the crown lemur, but I did find out, find out that the common browed lemur does mm-hmm. have a small population in the Comoros archipelago. Wow, that's you. You're good with your facts. I'm gonna have to hire you on this podcast. You did good research. I love it. But yeah, and but in general, Madagascar is home to not only lemurs, but other really cool, unique species like the fossa, which we haven't covered on the podcast. We have to do that soon. Uh, And they're really only found there. They're not found in Africa or in Australia or South America or anywhere else where you may think that they would be found. And so their habitat, as you mentioned, in northern Madagascar is really critical. Like those 
one to 10,000 scientists aren't really sure how many there are left. They know they're endangered. Uh, that's the only spot they live. And so it's really important that they stay protected, right? Yeah. And they're in a pretty bad spot because of a city in northern Madagascar. I forgot exactly what it was called. Mm-hmm. But it's like Anstariva or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the one of the issues a lot with animals is people. We We like to build houses and roads and, of course, buildings and things like that. And as there becomes more of us, we can encroach on their territory and and take away some of their habitat. So I know that there's lots of organizations and conservation groups that are protecting lemurs in general and the crown lemur as well, but we need to keep an eye on them for sure, right? Yeah. One of the worst parts about this is that Madagascar is facing a huge population boom. So the problem is there's a lot of people, they need a lot of space. And also the fact that Madagascar isn't exactly the richest country in the world. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of hardships over there and we need to help conserve them because that's the only place on earth they're found. And they've, and lemurs have evolved a lot of really unique ways of life as far as behavior. And then of course, uh, physiology. So we need to save them. And I think that it's really important just to, to make sure that they have plenty of forests to, to do their lemur thing. But speaking of lemurs and doing lemur-like things, did you come across any vocalizations that the crown lemur makes? Yes, I did. And it's very interesting. So to quote from, to quote from uh, this book that I have, it's, a, it's something scientists use. Mm-hmm. But uh, they described it as a high-pitched squeal which I thought was very interesting. Yes, yes. Um, Now, Logan, have you uh, been to one of those wonderful zoos in Michigan like John Ball or Binder Park? Yeah, I've been to those, but unfortunately they don't have crown lemurs. The two closest zoos that do have them are the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago and the Cleveland Zoo in Cleveland. (laughs) Awesome. Well, the Lincoln Park Zoo is my old stomping grounds. So yes, it's a wonderful place to visit. And from where you're at, it is probably about two and a half hours away. But the zoo's free, so that's really nice. And um, yes, when everything opens back up, you'll maybe have to, to do a road trip there sometime. But yeah, they're, I've often heard their vocalizations described as piercing yaps. And lemurs in general, if you're not familiar, we'll put some some vocalizations up on the show notes, are very, very vocal. Uh, right now, my, my husband at, at the zoo, he works at here in Florida. They have uh, red rough lemurs, which are uh, – pretty pretty well-known uh, type of lemur to have, and I think they're also endangered. But oh my goodness, when that family group gets talking and yapping and shrieking, you it resonates through the whole zoo. I mean, it is one of the most cool experiences to be hearing them talking to each other. And yeah, it's loud and it's uh, shrieking, piercing, but also, in my opinion, very, very beautiful because... I don't know what exactly they're saying to each other. They're probably saying that maybe they're 
they see something they don't like, or maybe it's feeding time, or uh, lots of different ways that they communicate. But they definitely, <laughs> they definitely communicate with each other. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, I looked online to see if I could find a crown lemur vocalization, but I, I, I wasn't able to find it. But there's a lot of other species, so we'll have to, one of us will have to make it our job to. Uh, get the Lincoln Park Zoo or the Cleveland Zoo to maybe maybe uh, share with us what they what they sound like, right? Yeah. I've actually looked too and found the same results. You have nothing. I know. I know. So, well, between me and you, my friend, we'll have to change that, right? Because it is, it is fun to learn all about these lemurs and make their sounds. And I always try to do vocalizations on this podcast, but the lemur one is just, I, I think it's out of my ballpark. I don't know. Do you do you want to try one? Do you have any any idea what it might sound like? I've tried it before with uh, the ring-tailed lemur and the red rough lemur. It did not uh-huh. sound very good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give it a try? I can always edit it out if you don't like it. I'll try. Awesome. <laughs> Logan, that's amazing. I think you could do a um, lemur voiceover if you are ever looking for a different career. I think you get an A++ in my book. So you're very brave and you did a very good job. And basically, I mean, until somebody else proves us differently about what a crown lemur sounds like, that's what we're going to go with, right? So (laughs) We're going to go with that until someone gives an audio clip. Yeah, and puts it on YouTube for sure. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And now, we talked about how they're endangered and uh, how we need to, to do a lot to help conserve lemurs, crown lemurs in particular. Uh, and so what should people do that are listening to this podcast? Now, most people aren't actively going into the Madagascar to cut down trees. So, it's, so I'm not going to say, like, don't cut down trees. Um, what I'm going to say is one of the best things you can do is donate to a conservation, uh, to a conservation organization like uh, the Duke Lemur Center. Yes, I love them. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, I'll put a link on our show notes for sure. Yeah, that's one of the places I want to go. It's on my bucket list too. All right, so we've got the Lincoln Park Zoo, we've got the Duke Lemur Center, and we have Madagascar. <laughs> it's pretty reasonable, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a very reasonable list of locations. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, the other thing I always encourage people to do is to share this podcast or share artwork or just share information with friends and family that might not know anything about lemurs or might not really have interest in Madagascar or interest in animals in general. And I think this is a good time. A lot of us are home now more. We have time to do research and things like that. So it's 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 definitely one of the ways that you can be a conservation hero is just by helping spread animal love and animal conservation and just being aware with what's going on. So that's why I know you're here today and I'm so 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 grateful that you reached out to us and what a small world. I'm I'm hope hopefully I get to go back to uh, my hometown of South Haven, Michigan this summer. We shall see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I I hope that you and I can stay in touch and I hope that you will continue doing your animations and sharing your love of animals with everyone. I definitely will. And so, Logan, 
obviously you love animals and you're an amazing animator. So what do you think you want to be when you grow up? Um, I've actually thought of this before. I think I would want to be a zoologist and a conservationist. Awesome. I think those are great goals to have. And I studied zoology at Michigan State. Go green. Uh, so I do have to ask, do you prefer Michigan State or the University of Michigan? I personally prefer Michigan State because mostly it's because of the fact they have a better animal program. For sure. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I always loved both schools and I had friends and family that went to both and colleges. and But yes, when I was going into zoology, Michigan State is where it's at. So cool. Well, we'll have to keep up the conversation. I think you have a very bright future ahead of you and wildlife, especially crown lemurs, are going to thank you for all your passion and love and, uh, and effort. So please keep up the good work, okay? Okay. And also, uh, perhaps you'll want to come on the podcast again, maybe? Cover another yes. species? Okay, Definitely. cool. Oh, wow. That's a, that's like the quickest yes I've ever heard. So wonderful, Logan. Well, we will have you back on for sure. And I really appreciate your time today and your vocalization of lemurs, crown lemurs, and, and helping get everyone excited. So thank you so much for your time and we'll be in touch. Okay. You're welcome. Awesome. And I couldn't be more excited to introduce my second guest today. Margaret lives in Michigan, and she is going to be talking to us all about one of the most unique creatures on earth, the platypus. And Margaret is also my second cousin, so it's super exciting to be talking to her from Michigan, from my old stomping grounds. And Margaret is also an animal saver, so I can really relate to that because I was an animal saver, too, when I was her age. So welcome to the podcast, Margaret. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Can you tell our listeners how old you are? Six. You're six years old. That's so fun. That's a great age. I'm so excited to hear all about the platypus. What made you pick the platypus? Well, nothing. I just picked it. Awesome. They're pretty cool creatures, aren't they? Uh-huh. And you love animals and you're an animal saver. Mm-hmm. Do you have any do you have any animals at your house? Yes. I have one dog, one cat, five chickens. Other baby six died. Oh, I love chickens. I've been trying to talk my husband into getting chickens for a long time. Mm-hmm. Are chickens pretty easy to take care of? Oh, and two bunnies. Yes, sir, you need to take care of. You have two bunnies too? Oh uh-huh. my goodness. What are your what are your bunnies' names? Coconut and Pepper. Oh, that is so cute. And did you name your chickens? Uh-huh. I can't tell you their names because I don't know their names. But mama yeah, that's probably a lot of does. chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of chickens. And what about what's your dog and cat's name? Um, so there's Kaiser, he's the cat, and Pippa, she is the dog. Awesome. And before we get started talking about the platypus, I want to hear more about how you're an animal saver. 
Well, I didn't come up with it until I met Maddox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what do you do as an animal saver? Well, I go out in the woods and then I, well, I made a little book about animals and then I go out in the woods and this find some. I found a white-tailed deer, a bumblebee, and I, and I found a snake, garter that snake. Is, oh, I love garter snakes. I th- I think I used to catch them when I was little. But you <laughs> found a white-tailed deer. That's amazing. You must live in some beautiful woods. Oh yes. It started to turn green. Right. It's springtime. That means that's exciting. Summer's on the way, right? All the t-shirt and shorts weather. Well, it looks like you have spring. We just started summer for us. That's right. Yep. Our spring is here. It's almost our... I'm in Florida, so it's it's warmer. So it's, yeah, it's a good observation. Yep. I'm in my t-shirt and it's already, it's already warm here in Florida, but you guys will be there soon up in Michigan for sure. Uh Uh, Now... Now, as we get started in the platypus, can you describe to our listeners what does a platypus look like? Well, it, um, it looks like it is a beaver that's literally wheeled a bill, um, four webbed feet, and a beaver tail. Yeah, a great description. That the that bill, the duck billed platypus, that's such a striking feature on it. Uh, it's it's just really incredible. And now, is a platypus? Is it a mammal, a reptile, or a bird? It's a mammal. That's right. It's a very very unique mammal, though, right? Mm-hmm. What what yes. make what makes it so unique? Well, it's large. Electroreception. It's um it's a sixth sense. That's right. Oh my gosh, Margaret, you're so smart that you know about that. It's very unique. Not many animals have or mammals have it. And what do they use? What does the duckbill pat- platypus use the electroreception for? Finding stuff in the water. Exactly. Yeah. What do they eat in the water? Well, worms, shellfish, mm-hmm. and, well, I don't know the last one. Yeah, crustaceans, shrimp, that kind of thing, mollusks, yeah. Because the water they swim in is kind of dark and murky, and so the electroreception helps them find their food items. And so if they're eating worms and shellfish, does that make them an herbivore or a carnivore? Carnivore. I gotta check. It's in my journal where I do school. I gotta check on it. I could read. Awesome. Oh, and insects. Oh, and insects. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes them a carnivore. And now tell mm-hmm. me, do you like to eat worms, shrimp, or insects? Well, I like to eat shrimp, but I do not like to eat worms and insects. I even not have tried insects or worms any ever in my life. And plus, <laughs> me, me neither. But my Uncle Bill did. Oh, wow. Uncle Bill. He's, he he's ate brave, a bumble- huh? He ate a dragonfly. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> that doesn't sound very tasty, does it? No. 
And what were some of the other cool facts that you learned about the platypus? Well, it has spears above its ankle that um that will kill smaller animals like dogs and cats, but it will not kill humans. It will just hurt really, really bad. Excellent, Margaret. Exactly. It's very, very unique, these platypus. The uh the males, not the not the females, but the males have like you mentioned, the spikes, or they're called venomous spurs. Mm-hmm. They have venom in them, which is just most mammals don't have that. That's something that like snakes have, right? Like reptiles. Yeah. And yeah, they they use it uh, to fight off other males. And yeah, it can if it if a dog gets in its way or tries to bother it, it can it can hurt that dog. So yeah, venom spurs on their hind legs is a very crazy crazy adaptation that platypus have. Awesome. What else about a platypus makes them so crazy cool? Well, it combines three animals in one. Tell me more. Well, it actually combines four animals in one. Oh, how so? Well, the fur. I don't know what kind of fur it can have. Mm-hmm. Oh, are there fur? Beaver tail... Uh, webbed, um, webbed feet with mm-hmm. bill like a duck and yeah. Oh, spurs like snakes in their mouth. Now, Margaret, do platypus do they usually live by themselves or do they live in like big family groups? Well, if it's a mother and a father, it's a family. If it's alone, it's alone. Yeah. Well, and I love to talk about mommy platypuses because the mom platypuses or the female platypuses are also very unique. Did you learn anything about what makes the mommy platypuses so special? Well, no, but I know this. In three okay. months, they're, um, they also have spears. So in three months, it will, um, the, their spears will fall off. And then they grow again. And now, Margaret, with the moms, they're so unique for a mammal. Mm-hmm. Do they give live birth or do they lay eggs like chickens? They lay eggs. Right. That makes That's so crazy. All the other mammals, one of the things that make a mammal a mammal is, is not laying eggs and giving live birth. So these platypuses lay these eggs. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it makes them kind of like a bird and a reptile, like you mentioned, right? But the other thing that makes platypus mommies so special too is that they make what do they make for their babies to drink once they hatch from the eggs? Milk. Right. So that's what makes them a mammal is they make milk for the babies. Which do birds and snakes do that? No. Right. I don't think so. No, they don't. It's a very yeah, it's a that's what makes mammals mammals is that they make milk. So the platypus is just a weird awesome animal. They they have eggs, they lay eggs, but then when the babies hatch, they drink the mommy's milk. They're just they're just they're very very unique. Creatures. I also want it, I also want to tell you something. In the egg they don't have air. And still out of the egg, they don't have air. Really? That's so Mm -hmm. interesting. I didn't know that. 
Wow. Yeah. And do you know how big the eggs are? About the size of a grape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, and does the mommy just lay one egg or lots of eggs? It either lays two or one. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, it depends on, like you said, depends on the mommy, but yeah, there could be anywhere from a couple to like 10. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Now, this is an important question. Do you think baby platypus are cute? Yes. Yes. I think they might be one of the most adorable baby animals ever, right? So, so crazy. Uh Uh-huh. And Margaret, when you were studying about platypus this week, did you learn anything else about them that you want to talk about? Well, I could say yes. But I could say no. Ah, I and I feel you. And it's hard to choose. Okay, yeah. I mean, they're very. I mean, we covered a lot of the ma- the amazing facts about platypus, that they look like a mixture of a bird, a reptile, and a mammal, and they uh, lay eggs. And mommies make milk. They have the sixth sense, electroreception. What if you could pick anything? What would you want your sixth? superpower to be your sixth sense um i'm touching something without touching it a mile away wow i love it i love it that would be awesome wow oh and i think we forgot to talk about one of the most important things i was just so fascinated with uh, all your facts where on earth does the platypus live Australia and Tasmania. That's right. Yeah, they're down under. There's lots mm-hmm. of cool creatures in Australia. It's, uh, uh, we've been making the podcast has been making friends down in Australia, and so it's mm-hmm. very nice that I've been able to interview some kids down there and learn about so many different animals. Okay, this is a silly question, Margaret. Do you know if platypus make any vocalizations? Do they make any noises? Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> you are mostly right. So in the wild, they've never recorded a platypus vocalization. It's not something they do, right? They're swimming. They're searching for food. They're busy laying eggs and being good mommies. Or And if they're daddies, they're using their venomous spurs to, to get rid of other predators and other platypus. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have time. They don't, they're, not, they're not a vocal animal like chickens, right? Chickens are super vocal, your dog, your mm-hmm. cat. So in the wild, never been heard. But when they, the few platypus that live at zoos, uh, scientists and zookeepers have recorded them making a, it's like a growl sound. Uh, it's very low. It's kind of like, here, I'll try it and you can laugh at me. Okay. It's uh, like, no, it's like, like that. <laughs> You want me to do it again so you can laugh at me? All right. It's like, uh, <laughs> so silly, funny. huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not, it's not something they, they, it's not something they do that often. So I just, uh, I always, uh, I always like to, to make animal sounds and make people laugh. So now what was your favorite part about preparing for this podcast? Well, watching Wildcats, because they know a lot. 
They do know a lot. And they have like the best job in the world. We love wild crats in our family for sure. Uh, and would you want to come on the podcast again and do maybe a different species? Yes. Yay. Good. And now, Margaret, I know that you're an animal saver and that's like such an important job. And the animals that live in your woods are so lucky to have you and your friend Max help take care of them. So what do you think you want to be when you grow up? Still an animal saver. That a girl. I love it. Well, you are on your way and you have lots of a dog, a kitty cat, two bunnies, six chickens, all the animals in your woods to take care of. And so you keep working on that because you're going to be an amazing animal saver. And you and Cousin Angie are going to talk a lot more animals in the future, okay? Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Margaret, for talking all about platypus today. I know you inspired other people and other kids to learn more about the animals they love. And I'm just so happy that you're here with me today. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye, sweetie. Bye. Wow, friends. I don't know about you, but I feel really inspired to learn more ways to help wildlife and nature in general. Because that was a super informative and really fun episode of All Creatures Kids. And it just goes to show that you don't have to be an adult or work at a zoo or veterinarian's office to help animals and nature. There's so many ways to express your love for animals, nature, and conservation. From art to music to videos, to writing, to reading, to science, one of my favorites, to exploring your backyard or local park. There are so many ways to listen, learn, love, and conserve all creatures. So I hope you have enjoyed listening to Logan talk about crown lemurs and Margaret talk about the platypus. Please share some of the facts you learned today with your family and friends. Because remember, sharing means caring. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming an all creatures kid expert and being interviewed on the podcast, please send me, Angie, an email at allcreaturekidspod at gmail.com. And also, you can visit us at allcreaturespod.com to learn more about the creatures featured today on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye bye.